Welcome into the Not All There podcast. I am your host, Chad. And my God, it is cold here in Chicago. Got up this morning. It was somewhere in the range of negative uh, 8, 11. Negative is cold as fuck outside. It is insane. It's insane. Uh, it gets this way every now and then. And, uh, you know, <laughs> makes me question what I'm doing here. Yeah, a kid. It's awesome here. I love it. Uh, today, I have my friend Fabio back on the show. Uh, you might say, Fabio, back? Who's this guy? Well, he's awesome. And he came over about a month ago and I didn't hit record. We talked for a long time. Fun story. Great guy. And I didn't get a lick of it. So he came back tonight. He braved the cold, sat down here in the warm basement, and we had a little chat. Got to know a bit more about Fabio, what it was like while he was uh, out there drinking and drugging and doing his thing, um, where he came from, how he got here. And we had a big discussion about mental illness and about talk therapy and what that has done and meant uh, for each of us. Um, I'm a huge believer in talk therapy. It's not a sign of weakness. It is just a really nice way to help you sort through your shit. And it's something to be proud of. <laughs> I'm proud that I do it. And there's a stigma over mental illness that uh, I would like for us all to work on and, uh, and brush that aside. Because to take care of yourself in that manner, it's not a sign of weakness. It means you love yourself and you're strong. Take some balls to take that step. It really does. Or guts, I should say. Anyway, here we go. Let's get to Fabio. He's a really funny, wonderful guy. I'm really happy he was here. So sit back and enjoy Fabio. Okay, that's cool. Because before I was just kind of holding my back. Yeah. Okay. All right. Oh, okay. Excellent. Well, uh, <clears throat> welcome back. Do you like the fire? Oh, the fire is lovely uh, on this uh, cold January night. And yeah, what is it? Zero? Uh, Minus three. Oh. <laughs> yep. Excellent. Excellent. So uh, you're back. The last time we were here, I uh, thought I hit record and I didn't. So uh, yeah. Um, Second time's a charm. That's what they say. Mm -hmm. Anyway, I don't know. We'll see. So uh, what have you been up to? Same old. Uh, you know, it's a very quiet time of year for me. Um, you know, I run a bakery, so everybody's on a diet this time of year. So uh, <laughs> it's very, very quiet. I'm not. <laughs> lots, lots of admin. Lots of admin work. Oh, uh, yeah. Trying yeah, to keep yeah. warm, you know. Um, nothing too exciting. All right. Okay. How'd the holidays go for you? Was this, was this like your first one without, you know, the booze? <clears throat> this was the in this round of sobriety, this was the first one. Yeah. Um, and it was different. Uh, How so? There were, there were definitely positives. Um, it was, there was less excitement. Obviously there's <laughs> less excitement when you're not smashing things, falling over, uh, setting stuff on fire. Oh my God. Uh, which is what usually happens. You set uh, stuff on Christmas. fire. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes on purpose, sometimes not on purpose. <laughs> Um, so we had like a big, uh, big holiday dinner at my, 
a big uh, Christmas Eve dinner at my sister's house. Do, wait, okay, you're Italian, so do you do the the, the seven fishes thing? We or? don't do the full on seven okay. fishes, but it is it is all fish because you're not supposed to eat meat on Christmas Eve. So okay. we got clams and we got uh, beautiful mussels and. Uh, oh, um, that's right! Nice. That picture yeah. of all the mussels. Yeah, I made way too. It's ridiculous, <laughs> you know. I I have sometimes I have no concept. I'm used to restaurant size. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Yeah. That was for that was for like eight people, and it was like ten pounds of mussels. It was ridiculous. Oh, we yeah. we couldn't we couldn't eat them. You know, it was just too much. But they were wonderful. So, but it was a nice holiday. Uh, and again, it was different. Uh, it felt very mellow. Uh, I did miss some of the you know antics yeah. that came yeah. in the prior uh, ones. But you know, I got to drive home. Uh, that's a first from a holiday. Yeah. Like, uh, and also I actually wanted to go home, uh, which is also a first because I'm always like the guy who's partying. Yeah. Right. We're always the last ones there. Yeah. Right? My yeah. wife's like, uh, it's time to go. And I'm like, ah, I'm fine. Fine. come on, fine. fuck that. No, I'm not taking over. Just leave me alone. They, they love me <laughs> just here. Just leave they, me. They leave me. No, I'm working on me. my tight 30 right now. Exactly. Come on. Exactly. You know? So I'm killing it in here. So that was uh, that was kind of like a fun thing, you know. It was the end of the night, and I was actually putting stuff away in the car. And I thought, wow, this is the first time I've driven home from a holiday, maybe ever. <laughs> it's like that grown-up moment, right? Very grown-up moment. It's like when you write out – well, they don't do it anymore. But that time when you write your first check, you're like, oh, my God, I'm a fucking adult now. Yeah, yeah. So um, so that was fun. Um, but uh, kind of glad all, all the, the – ho- there were a lot of holiday parties this year. Yeah. Um, some wonderful ones, some that we attended together. Yeah, that was right. That was a blast. Amazing. That was a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, but it was different. It was different. Uh, not as hard as I thought mm. it was going to be, mm-hmm. put it that way. So that um, is, it is kind of an interesting observation. Um, doing old routines sober, it does, everything just, you're like, I don't, I don't know. It's just different. I'm like doing the same thing, but. It does. It's. It feels. Everything does feel different. It's a strange way to put it because people are probably like, "Well, what the fuck do you mean by different?" I'm like, I, I don't know. It's just different. It's like you're wearing a different skin or something. It's different, you know. And there's you know the part that's within you that you have to deal with, you know, like you being around quote unquote temptation or whatever. Right. But there's also like the external world. You know, when right. I go into a party, I'm Fabio, the wine professional you know, that is going to talk to everybody about the wines, you know, and when they're like, what do you mean you're not drinking? What, what do you mean you're not drinking? And you're like, dude, calm down. It's fine. We could still talk about all this. Yeah, wine. I still know the same thing about you know, wine. It's, I just, it's, it's the same. I'm just not going to fall over to light your house on fire if I exactly. happen to have some. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So. All right. So let's do a quick recap. You were born and raised in Italy. Yes? Correct. Okay. In Rome. So tell me about that. In Rome. In wow, Rome. I I yeah. Um, I was born and raised in Italy. Uh, my parents are Italian. I'm Italian, but they decided to send me to an American school uh, when I was six, and uh, they thought it'd be useful for me to speak English. That it would give me, it would open up opportunities, which, you know, forty years later, it did because I'm living here. And uh, so, even though my whole life was in Italy and Italian, I went to a school where everybody spoke English. So I had like this whole other group of friends uh, that were American or from the international community that went to the school. So it was different. It was really cool. Uh, Very formative. I mean, everything about me goes back to that. Did they give you American names? 
no, no. Uh, like the Duke. No, no. Clint. No, and but you know, it's funny. Being me is like to the Italians, I'm the American. Yeah, well, to the Americans, I'm the Italian. Well, it's really funny because <laughs> I, you know, you told me that, and I was like, what the fuck? I mean, there's not a hint yeah. of any kind of accent. Yeah, it's. I'm. For languages, I am blessed. I, there's no doubt about it. I speak Spanish too, really well, like with a Mexican accent. <laughs> really? Strong, yeah. Um, and uh, and I love it. So for my, even my brother and sister that went to uh, American schools even younger than I did at five and four years old, they have accents, but I didn't. And I think it's because I ended up hanging out with the kids from school versus uh, they ended up hanging to school out. and then saw their friends outside correct and, yeah. they hung out with the neighborhood kids and yeah. i think that has a very big impact on learning language and stuff so well okay yeah. so when did you start drinking what'd that look like um the first time i got drunk was when i was 15 i decided with my buddy ron my the guitarist in my band uh, we decided, <laughs> ron. ron rocker uh, we decided to go get. Is he drunk. a bass player? He was a guitar. Like, oh, he's the guitarist. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. He spent two days. He decided one day he was going to learn Eruption from Van Halen, and he decided not to leave the house. So he stayed in the house. I think it was two or three days until he learned Eruption. I mean, this guy was a fucking legend. Still he, is. He nailed it. Nailed it. Oh yeah. my god. And this is at you know we were 15, 16 years old. So, um, anyways, Ron and I decided we were going to get drunk. You know, we were going to do this thing. So we went to. Uh, we went to McDonald's uh, because in Italy they sell beer there, and we just went up there and got you know some French fries and like ten beers a piece, uh, ten little Heinekens, yeah, and uh, yeah. we just sat in the McDonald's and drank them all and got really really goofy and you know, you know went back you know took the train back to the house, jumping around like like stupid fifteen year olds you know and that was what a fun one. It was a fun one. Uh, it was it was weird. It was different, uh, you know, from, from from some other stories. But uh, but yeah, and it was it was great. Uh, I think, you know, and this is I've discovered that this is common in other people's stories. Is that I, as a kid, as a teenager, I was not a jock. Mm-hmm. I was not into sports. Mm-hmm. I was not a nerd. Mm-hmm. You know, I wasn't great. I wasn't. I was smart, but that wasn't great at school. Uh, and so I did, there wasn't really anything that I belonged in, like a team right. or, or like an association. You didn't have your group, your I crew. I didn't have my group. You, yeah. But what I found was that partying, like yeah. I was great at it. Yeah. And, um, I bet and, you were. And, and it, it went, oh, I was the best. And, uh, <laughs> I don't know, man. And, uh, or I can give you a run for your money. Right? And then, um, <laughs> so I found that. Once that started, um, just, you know, kind of like smoking cigarettes, because I started smoking cigarettes right around the same time, mm-hmm. 15 years old. You know, it was like you could be part of this group and all you had to do is be able to smoke cigarettes and drink beers. And, you know, you were it was so different and it was cool and like, oh, yeah, there's Fabio. He smokes cigarettes and drinks on the weekends. You know, uh, I mean, it's obviously ridiculous, you know, at this point, but. I think that was a lot of the attraction. And then with music and the band yeah. and the rock yeah. and roll, and we loved heavy metal, and we looked up to these people who were, you know, uh, obviously all the debauchery on stage. Okay, so we're pretty close in, in age, a few years. So when did yeah. you graduate, like 88, 89? 89, like, yeah. 89, okay. Yeah. I was in 92. So yeah. uh, I don't know what 
what the metal dress and scene was like where you were, but tell me about it. I'm really curious. Was there like oh jean? Like well, what'd you have? Okay, what I wore, I wore um stretch jeans okay with combat boots uh-huh uh then the t-shirt uh had the it was a muscle sh- black yeah, muscle yeah. shirts right right and then on top of that was the you know the leather jacket <laughs> long hair five earrings you know some <laughs> some streaks in the hair you know uh oh my we God. really worked really hard to look like freaks yeah and uh yeah you know it's not common here but in italy it was even less common you know like if oh. you got on a bus you know you really dressed up the way like me and my buddies to dress up you really stood out like oh my god these people are dangerous they didn't think like oh that guy dressed dressed like motley crew you know but because uh, it just wasn't mainstream and there was no there was no mtv and the record stores didn't carry the stuff so the music we got oh you didn't have mtv no we had we had video music was like an italian okay uh, sure but uh, they probably didn't play anything you were into no no so So how did you find your music tapes Uh, like some mixtapes or something an american kid would come you know and he'd have like the original tape and then we'd all make tapes yeah and that's how you'd get the slayer metallica which one like melted your face first um, well, Iron Maiden was my first love. Yeah, it still is. I mean, I, I remember getting uh, the double album "Live After Death" for uh, for Christmas, and I just remember going to bed with my Sony Walkman Sports yeah. with, yeah. that has auto reverse. Yeah, you so know, you didn't have to play. flip the tape. So you would just—I just went to sleep. And just, I slept all <laughs> night with, you know, the Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner, oh, you know, uh, Phantom of the Opera. And uh, hallowed be the name, and all those amazing, amazing uh, songs just getting programmed in my head. Oh my god, that is amazing! So, so Iron Maiden, I, I really love, but obviously a lot of other bands I loved: Guns sure. N' Roses, Motley Crue, mm-hmm. you know, all of those. You know, towards '89, I think you were starting to get into the, more of the, uh, you know, the Poisons. The Bon yeah, Jovi, it was it was a little like more that, glammy becoming, for a couple yeah. of years. Yeah, so yeah. that's. That's why Guns N' Roses was like so refreshing because they were such trashers. It was oh, amazing. It was, but, wow, um, that is a hell of a story. So, yeah. all right, where'd you go to college? You went to college, yeah? Did you do yes. it there uh, or here? No, I forget. I moved to this U.S. to go to college. So I moved. Where'd you move to? I moved to Jacksonville, Florida. Yeah, you did. Yep, uh, the bold new city of the South. From Rome From to Rome, Jacksonville. Italy, yes, I went to Jacksonville, Florida. Because uh, uh, I didn't, because, you, you know, know, we didn't have any family here. So we thought, let's go somewhere where it's warm. warm. Yeah. It's more affordable than sure. other places in America. And it's closer to Italy. The other option would have been California, but California is too far. Yeah. And we didn't really yeah. realize there would be any difference at all whatsoever between California and Florida. And uh, so Florida was uh, very interesting in How- 1990. How'd that go? It didn't go. Okay. Uh, I mean, it was like, uh, you know, it was more conservative. Yeah. I mean, America in general is more conservative than Europe. But, yes. you know, where I was, I mean, Ozzy Osbourne is not even allowed to fly over Jacksonville. Right. Yeah. You because know, they, you know, you they, know, they, they thought the Baptists he, right. and, uh, you know, whoever's down there. But even the kids at school, it was like there weren't, you know, people with long hair and, uh, you know, and. What school was it? Uh, it was called Jacksonville University, a okay. small, okay. small private college. 
and uh you know so you know you need oh, to got a college. private college in like the the, the countryside of florida I can yeah only fucking imagine what that was like yeah it was very different you know and i was you know i'm kind of a loud guy you know and, uh, it was very uh <laughs> it was very interesting um you know i joined a fraternity which was great i loved my fraternity uh i cut all my hair you know and yeah started i wouldn't say i would I started acting normal but i started looking a little bit more normal but uh i love my fraternity i love my fraternity brothers lots of party in there oh yeah um, oh yeah so uh i fit right in um and then um yeah and then uh and then i started working in restaurants and uh and god in restaurants I, the party and you just i slotted right in yeah it was just a perfect fit um so like you know for for me in, in when i started drinking it was you know a lot of people talk about the uh well they're they're two white light moments you know there's the one when you have your first drink and everything seems to like kind of go away and release all the, the emotions anxiety stress what have you it just kind of like melts away and you feel you feel calm for the first time and then there's the aha moment you know when, when like but it's over and you're like oh fuck, i think i need to quit drinking so when you started it just sounds like you kind of started for fun but did it did you notice a change in yourself that you kind of was basically was there a high that you got that you continued to chase while you were drinking? I mean, I feel that whenever I wanted to high, I got it. Yeah. You know, it wasn't like, you know, some people always chase that original high right. and never get it back. No, I got it back every time, mm. every day till the last day that I, that I did it. That was never a problem. Uh, I was really good at it. <laughs> um, but, but you could probably get away with it too because of well but, well that's the thing I because also, of the business you're in i created a life yeah i created an entire life around it um i started working in college in restaurants and before that even before that in high school actually i'd gotten to work my cousin had a restaurant in london and so my dad thought it'd be a great idea why don't you go work at your cousin's restaurant in the summer you know see oh london and something different of course from the international schools i had a bunch of buddies that lived in london oh, so so you so yeah. i i basically flew over and i would work a little bit you know and then i'd we'd party in london and the greens and all over the i mean the shit that went down that summer was <laughs> uh was crazy uh and you know and 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 that's where like i started slotting in with the restaurant people because mm -hmm. restaurant people uh, different I, animals, man. I love them. I, I love them. I do too. They're just like me. And like, there's yeah. just something, even besides the partying, it's kind of like just, an outcast mindset sort of. Yeah. Very intense people. Yeah. You get every single mental illness that you, that you absolutely ever heard of is in the restaurant. And it's what makes them geniuses. Well, and you're all a team. And, and when I w was working at my cousin's restaurant, again, I was probably 16, 17, you know, the people I was working with were, were in their thirties and forties, mm. but you know, they thought it was hilarious. You know, this younger kid, you know, mm -hmm. was keeping up with them and, uh, what they have you doing, uh, I just hung out. Okay. You know, I just love to hang out with yeah. them, you know, because, uh, you know, I learned about brandy and oh <laughs> you my know, finer stuff. Yeah, you, you know, uh, you know, white, what makes white wine makes red wine. Oh, what my God. Rose, you know, why is this distilled? Why is this oh, fermented? Man. This is, you know, like, so you like fell into it. You're like, my God, this is it. This, this is what is I awesome. want to do. Yeah. yeah. And I always, and I always wanted to do it. 
And my degree from college is actually in human resources management. Okay, so it fits. But uh, which, yeah, I mean, I, mean, I do manage uh, a bunch of human resources, but um, but I kind of always knew I wanted to do it. So I just always worked in restaurants um, because it was perfect. You know, I'd work all night, make money, sleep all day. Uh, after college, I took, I want to say, one or two years before I started a quote unquote serious job mm. where I just worked restaurants and I would just make money, save money for like four months and then go to Italy and yeah. hang out and party for six months and then come back, back yeah. and then do it. I did that for like two years. Um, That's a pretty awesome. A lot of adventures, mm -hmm. a lot of stuff. Uh, you probably grew up and learned a lot by doing that though. I did, but yeah. there was just so much partying right. and it right. was, yeah. Well, my not my curse my my one of the things i could say is still now and this is what freaks people out is that when i arrive the party is here mm -hmm. so even the normal people mm -hmm. that don't party they know fabio's coming <laughs> you know <laughs> fabio licious is happening you know it's gonna be crazy hold on you know and so um so it's always like, so you, so I would go to Italy for those few months and people would know, oh my God, Fabio's in town, we're fucked, you know, let's, you know, and there would always be something, you know, and then I would go back to the U.S., you know, a few months. And then, Your friends would dry out, come back. And, correct, yeah. correct. So, oh my um, God, that's amazing. Which is, you know, now it, people still expect that nowadays because I'm, all, I'm new to sobriety. I have six months, you yeah. know, so even now we had a party last week and came over like oh i brought you this you know thing i'm like thanks but you know i'm not drinking he's like well what do you mean go okay, okay don't worry i got this thc fucking liquid yeah. we put it in your sparkling water you i'm like no i mean like sober and he's like what do you mean you're no longer fun i'm like no i'm no. fun i'm just not gonna fall over tonight i'm just not gonna be insane. Yeah, i'm just not gonna piss my you pants know? exactly yeah, you yeah. Know? but still now there's, I, there's it's that. you know that it takes a long time. It, I think. it does. It does. It took me uh, a couple of years to even kind of wrap my head around that part of it. Um, I too was, you know, I, I, I was that guy. I always took things to the next level and there was always legendary nights whenever I was around. And, um, but it, I don't know if there was like an embarrassment or a shame that I felt. I just, for me, I guess I was just never comfortable in my own skin, no matter what. And now that I, I took this crutch away from me, like, well, well, who am I now? And I felt really weird being like, well, I, I don't drink anymore. Or it took me, I think, around two years to even admit, like, yeah, well, I don't drink because I'm an alcoholic. You know, I always kind of shied away from it. Like, oh, he's not drinking tonight. I'd have somebody cover for me or whatever. But it, it does take a, a little while. Then after, after a bit of time, it's like, fuck, yeah, that's what I am. I'm an alcoholic. I can't, I can't drink. I'll, right. you know, uh, I'll well, crash your car and, and, and piss all over it. Right. Right. You know, it's uh, it, like, I don't have a problem saying it at all mm, to people. That's good. But the, the, the thing is that I always just say that anyways, before I was like, okay, guys, hold on. As a professional alcoholic here, we right. have to eat this amount of protein before we drink all that. You know, like it was yeah. always like, yeah. as in which people thought it was really, really funny. Um, but now it's a little bit different. I, I just try to tell them, look, I just, it's going to be the same. I'm just not going to be insane. You know, that's all, you know, so, and, and you know, it is like what it is. 
If they get it, they get it. If they don't get it, they don't yeah. get it. Well, fuck sometimes, it's not their problem. Listen, yeah. sometimes I can literally see the disappointment in people's eyes. I know. And I'm like, but I'm like, it is what it is. I mean, it took me three decades of being getting fucked up to get to this point. Now it's going to take, it's going to take a little bit of time to get mm -hmm. used to this, mm -hmm. this new norm. So, so what was the, what, what was the end like? Was it, was it a long ending? Mine was like long and drawn out. It was a few years for sure. It kind of ebbed and flowed. Yeah. You know, it really ebbed and flowed. I was a weird alcoholic in that, uh, and drug addict in the sense that like, I didn't, I didn't like drink every day when I got up, but I didn't drink every night. I did smoke weed every freaking night. That I did do. I That happened the last three years. No more. The last five, six years. Uh, that was probably the biggest problem because mm -hmm. when you smoke weed all the time, the minute you have one drink, You're you are fucked. fucked. Yeah. And that was me every time. So even though like I didn't drink all the time, when I drank, it was always a fucking disaster. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it could have been Tuesday and, uh, you know, and I decided to have a glass of wine and, oh, shit, <laughs> next thing you know, I'm up all night, you know, like, you know, gardening. And, you know. Would you garden at night? Oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> fuck yeah. <laughs> You know, and like I get up the next day, and my wife would be like, "The wine fairy came by last night and broke all the wine glasses." You know, oh. because there would be, you know I'd be outside, you know, like sorting and patience or doing whatever I was doing, you know, and you know, you smash it, you know, there'd be like a smashed wine glass in the. Well, at least you were productive. I mean, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, no, I, my garden was amazing. That was uh, that was the uh, the probably my favorite thing to do. Um, but in, in but but also the most worrisome, you know, mm -hmm. to just be so happy being completely isolated and alone into my in my own little world. Yeah, just completely. It was a different level. Outside yourself. It was like yeah. uh, you know, like a different level of awareness or not awareness of. Uh, I don't want to make it sound positive because obviously it was not. No, but, but it, it is getting outside of, of of yourself in some capacity. It's. Uh, yeah. I don't know how to describe it. Um, yeah. Uh, that's going to stop. I'll, I'll, we'll come back to that. So um, what got you into treatment? What was it? I, you know, part of it was that I was just sick of it. Um, did you call it yourself or did, were you told, like, you better make a change? No, uh, that... That had happened 20 years before. Oh, and I, okay. And I had, I had two years of sobriety back in uh, 09, mm. uh, 08 to 2010, uh, where I got the ultimatum. The kids were little. You know, I'd gotten it to such a point where it was, you know, nobody would see me do it. I'm not driving anywhere. There's no danger. There's no, like, costs to anyone, you know, so where it was really just that I was self-destroying myself mm -hmm. uh, with this stuff. Uh, but what was affecting other people is my moods. Yeah. Uh, because with weed, it's wonderful while you're smoking it, but then when you're not smoking it, you're in withdrawal. Yeah. Especially the way weed is nowadays, it's not It's not what it used to be. Uh, it's much stronger. And, uh, and so it was very, it was, unbearable for anybody to be around me when I was not partying. Mm -hmm. uh, so, uh, you know, there were times where, uh, 
well, I don't know if this ever happened, but I imagine my wife being like, listen, can you please just go outside and do a one hitter and then come back in? You know, like, oh, one of those, like, just one like, of those. like just, you know, because I would be like, just perfectly able to be like, like, nice, you know, and that's, that's why I would come home, smoke a little one hitter, and I would be just totally nice around the house, no emotion, no anything. And, cheerful helpful you know do the fucking dishes you know like that sort of shit and um but then there was the next day when i wasn't like that mm -hmm. and it was really really bad mm -hmm. and it was affecting my relationship with my wife poor thing she's gone through so much and uh you know also at work you know, you gotta, you gotta keep it together, you know, yeah. managing a lot of fucking people yeah. and in a lot of weird situations and you have to be calm and you have to be present and you have to be understanding. Most of the people I work with are in their early twenties. Okay. And so, you know, you got, it's really like your kids, Yeah. you know, and you got to treat them that way. And so I wasn't, I just wasn't present. And so, <laughs> uh, that, and you know, that talking with my over a period of a couple of years talking with my therapist, it was apparent that I needed some sort of medication mm -hmm. to just kind of calm things down. And you can't really take medication while you're fucked up. You no. Know? I mean, you no, can, you but it's not really scientific. Uh, no, it'll, it, 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 yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> so, so she, you know, over time kind of convinced me like, you know, she used to work at Chapman. She's like, you know, really, there's this place and, you know, they have the psychiatrist on staff that just works with people like you. And But the only thing is, you know, you got to be sober to do it. And I was, you know, it took me another like six months to get convinced. I was like, fuck it, I'll do it. You know, she's like, do it even if, even if you just do it. To, she was like, just do it to get in and see the psychiatrist. Because you can't see the psychiatrist otherwise. Yeah, right, unless, right. unless you go there, you can't see this doctor. So I was like, fuck it, I'll do it. Uh, and so the end was basically like we, we, I picked a date, you know, I called them to check in. Uh, I had a last hurrah, I had a trip through, uh, through Italy with my son and five of his fraternity brothers. Okay. I, I drove them through Italy, it was amazing. I took them to vineyards, I took them to all over the place, hot springs and uh, there was a lot, a lot, a last hurrah <laughs> you could just imagine um because everybody you know kids think it's hilarious yeah middle-aged fat yeah. guy yeah. getting hammered yeah they think it's the funniest thing just telling stories man yeah yeah exactly um but um once that was done i came back to the u.s and i uh i went and went to chapman and uh it was probably the best thing that that that, that ever happened to me you know yeah. Okay. We got to stop real quick and, and turn the tape over. All right. This is the time that we now turn the tape to the other side. And we're back. Um, so it was just, we were, uh, we were chatting. Um, uh, well, with me personally, you know, there's a lot of mental illness that I struggle with that I didn't realize was a big driving force to um, the drinking and drugging. And uh, this weekend, so I, I manage properties and uh, 
Saturday, I got a call from a guy at a building and he's like, the dude down at the end of the hall is, uh, <laughs> he's like, he's gone cuckoo. And he's like ripping the mailbox out of the wall and he's screaming and marching around and people are, are scared. I'm like, what the fuck? And, um, so the police came kind of got him calmed down, got him back into his apartment. And then a couple hours later, he went on another tirade, but was like, beating the shit out of his apartment and screaming and yelling. And so I, I went over there, the owner showed up and uh, the police came again. And the guy was just having like a total psychosis breakdown, you know, and people were really freaked out and, and the cops showed up and they were trying to get him like, you know, contained and settled down and he ended up pulling a knife on the cops and they arrested him and, and got him out. Now, hopefully he's like safe in a psych ward. But the long story short is the guy is schizophrenic. And so we went into his apartment just to kind of check and see like what what went wrong or like if he had, you know, you never know what, what's going to happen in there. And there were uh, medication pill bottles everywhere. And he was on the heavy shit. They had like four or five prescriptions. Pills were everywhere. It reeked of weed. He had like a handle of, of rum and that was like almost all the way gone. So it was, it was clear that the guy probably stopped taking his meds and then yeah, through the weed and through the booze just had this complete mental Shit. fucking breakdown. And the person I was with was like, this asshole, it's going to cost me so much money to fix this. And, uh, I was like, I, I was the opposite. I was like, I just feel really bad for this guy. Like the, the, the mental illness aspect of it is kind of rugged. It's kind of rugged. And like the guy's family, I think has given up on him. You know, we called his sister and was like, Hey, look, this is what happened. She's like, Oh God, like not again. This is a young guy too. I don't even think he's 25. And, um, you know, f for me personally, um, I had a lot of trauma, which led to a lot of, uh, you know, they, you know, PTSD and a bunch of other shit they've, they've like, you know, diagnosed me with. Um, and that really like, especially after I got sober, it really came out and I was a fucking hot mess for a while with that. And it all kind of came together at one point that was like, okay, I was being tormented with this stuff for my entire life. And then I found a way to treat it. And then, and then that goes away, the, the treatment does. And then I'm left like twisting out of the wind, not knowing what to do. And I just, I feel for people that can't ever get through that. Like these are the people that probably end up homeless. Right. Right. You know, and, um, I know so many of us in, in our group have, have some kind of, of, you know, illness that we, we struggle with. And you mentioned your yeah. bipolar. Yeah. Yeah. What, what was that like? Well, you know, I didn't know it was a thing, you know, I just thought, you know, sometimes I'm really, really happy. And, uh, sometimes I'm really, really sad. You know, sometimes I'm gardening at night, you know? Exactly. But that is exactly what I felt like the, those times where, you know, again, everybody's asleep. You know, I've got a bottle of wine. I've got my one hitter smoking weed. And you know how impatience you can buy them in different colors. 
Mm -hmm. or they sell what I consider these really stupid ones, which are already pre-mixed in colors. And yeah. it's usually like white, yeah. orange, pink, whatever. Mm -hmm. I can't stand that. So that's, you know, the, the, the quintessential crazy Fabio thing to do would be to sort those, right? So it's like, okay, so I'm drinking a bottle, I'm smoking weed, I'm out in the yard at night, you know, gardening, and I'm pulling them out of all the things and I'm sorting them out in colors so then I can plant them exactly in the waves that I want, they want to have, you know, um, you know, you put together, you know, I don't know if the mental illness causes the addiction, but let me tell you that the substances work really, really well with the mental illness mm -hmm. and you throw a little bit of booze. And again, today's weed is not the old weed. You smoke just a little bit of this shit and you are flying. Mm -hmm. flying mm -hmm. um and so uh, that was when i decided to finally go into chapman and seek treatment it was i was looking for a comprehensive uh approach you know not just don't smoke weed don't drink but also like let's look at some of this underlying bullshit you know right. what is it right um there's so much stigma about mental Absolutely. illness. Maybe less now than there used to be, but there still is. Oh, it's still there very uh, much. Oh, bipolar. I mean, I, oh. I, yeah, exactly. Kanye's bipolar. Like, okay, yeah, yeah. bipolar. So what? It's nothing. Yeah. yeah. Depression. It, yeah. It, it, it's things. You know? we, we all have it. We, you know, you break an arm, you put on a cast, right? Yeah. You know, you, 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 know, you, you sprain an ankle, you bandage it up. If you have mental illness, you have to take medication and do therapy and do stuff. And, yeah. um, Luckily, I've had I had uh, a, a very patient therapist that worked with me over a few years to get me to realize it myself. She mm -hmm. never she was mm -hmm. never like 100 100 percent, you know, which is the right which now I understand. Hey, you can't tell anybody to do anything. No, no, you they got You, you got to figure it out yourself. You they got to get they can tell you what they yeah. did. Right. You know, but you got to figure it out yourself. And so. Um, so yeah, so going going to Chapman, I was able to work with a psychiatrist that just kind of leveled me out with some medications, and it uh, and it changed a lot of things. Uh, I think uh, I don't know if it would be possible to be sober like I am now without the help of these medications. They don't, mm. you know, because they've I now go to bed like a regular person you know, between 9.30 and 10.30 every night. Right. I get up like a regular person, right. you know, I didn't used to do that. Yeah. It was like, you know, it was that, you know, that addict seeking, which yeah. could be, yeah. you know, it could be drugs, but it could be like, oh, I've never seen this show, Breaking Bad. I'm now going to watch it for three weeks. So for three weeks, I didn't sleep. I just, just stayed binged up it. and yeah. binged it, you know, oh my God. or, you know, and that now... My next day is shot because, yeah. you know, I've yeah. been up all night. So kind of getting all that, you know, leveled, uh, it's helped me a lot. I think it's helped me a lot in this process. So, so um, the talk therapy is something that I'm like really big into and, and believe in. And, you know, I think hopefully through like, you and I talking about this right now, it, it, it will helpfully, hopefully encourage somebody to go like, Hey, maybe I should just go talk 
Like, For sure. I mean, more so now than ever, really coming out on the other side of, of this crazy fucking pandemic that we all went through, like that messed all of us up in some way. Everybody came through that different. And yeah. I think the more people are open about it, um, you'll, you'll, you'll find that it's really quite helpful and you'll learn a lot about yourself because we tend to, um, I don't know, uh, pretend to be somebody that we're not. I don't know if it, if it's a human thing, but definitely in our society, uh, in, even in this neighborhood that I live in, it's like, holy shit. Um, you are really trying to be, I, that's not you, man. Like I, I can see through your bullshit right. like right. right away. And it makes me sad. I used to get like annoyed at people like that. Like, why are you fucking, you know, what a poser or whatever, poser. you know, the poser, <laughs> man. Um, but now I just get sad because yeah. I finally am starting to like, you know, feel comfortable in my own skin and like, you know, be like, okay, I I I can't say enough good things about talk therapy because yeah. I was brought up where, you know, that was weakness, you know, like right. stupid right. people did that. Right. And oh yeah, we all know that. Oh, your aunt, that one, she had to go to a doctor and they gave her some medicine yeah. because she was so-and-so, yeah. you know, and we don't do that. Like, oh, that guy, he takes medicine. He's a fucking idiot. You know, yeah. that's, you know, sadly, the you know, in my family, that's just how it is. Right. They come from the old country. Mm -hmm. They're 80 fucking years old. They don't know. Right. They don't understand. Right. They didn't grow up in my world. Right. Uh, and so they can't. But for me, like when I when I found this therapist, first of all, she was in my network. OK, which sounds stupid, but it was like it, I had it, the confidence it, of it wasn't like 300 bucks every fucking time right, I would talk to her. Right. So that right. was a huge thing. So I decided it would just be somebody to talk to. You know what? Somebody you could talk to about all your fucking problems, the things that are bugging you. You know, it didn't start out with really deep stuff. It no. just started with like oh, talking about, you know, and the shit at work is making me crazy and I just can't get this done and I'm overwhelmed by this. And, you know, and, you know, and sometimes I didn't, I felt like, oh man, I don't have that much to say, but I'm like, you know, whatever. It's, it's a $10 copay. Just fucking do it. Yeah. And, uh, me personally, the way I do it is on the phone. I don't ah. do it in video and I've never met my therapist in person. Oh ever. shit. I saw her once, one time, like the first time we did like a, we tried doing a video, mm -hmm. uh, a Zoom yeah. and it didn't work and we switched to phone and I've been doing it on the phone ever since. So, so in my life, my therapist is a voice in the sky. That's amazing. And I set it up so I do it either through on a commute or if I'm driving to Michigan or, you know, like it's it's like somebody I talk to, you know, oh, God, and, that's great. man. And it's very nice because it's very convenient. I never have to schedule like, oh, I got to be in a certain place. Yeah. As long as I got my car and I got my phone, I can have therapy. And, uh, that means if I'm in Florida or if I'm in Michigan or whatever, you know, and, it, and, and, it, and I found someone who was very patient and also I, but I didn't realize she had worked in this place where they help, you know, uh, alcoholics and drug addicts. 
So it actually like yeah. worked out. Like she, she probably, you know, she probably she figured out. Me, she figured me out like she's, immediately. She's probably working on her cross stitch, you know. While she, you know, like continue. Oh, continue. Uh, no, uh, but, but she's yeah. totally cool, and um, that's awesome. And uh, I'm just very lucky that you know she just kind of guided me that way. And um, yeah, I I am so grateful for it too, man. I mean, it fucked me up royally before I was able to get you know leveled off. But uh, it was worth the struggle. You know, that, that is um, something that I've really come to appreciate about sobriety is like the, the struggle, the challenges are so worth it. Um, I mean, and sometimes it's just so fucking hard to, uh, to get through tough stuff without numbing yourself in some capacity like i just do not want to fucking feel this and but when you get on the other side of it after you know a day even or a couple of weeks or even a year you're like holy shit man like i fucking i did that and it it gives you a little it gives me anyway like self-confidence like okay well i kind of i can get through some shit i'm not a total fuck up you know um the, the therapy has helped me get there, but I, I think it's important, you know, for me to like relay that message to people that are, are new to sobriety or struggling in sobriety is that like it, the journey is fucking worth it. Like the, I mean, you can see the fucking yeah. medals. I did like marathons and shit yeah. when I got sober and it was uh, like, I, I fucking running a marathon is just insane to begin with. But I, I, toward the end of it, like my body was just giving out and I'm like, I'm going to fucking die doing this, but I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to give up. And the high that you get when you finish and just stop and, and think about what you've just done, it's like nothing, nothing will compare to that. And it, it's kind of cliche, but like, I don't know, sobriety is sort of that, for me going through experiences sober um we just went on a like a week-long vacation to uh, vegas and the grand canyon and uh, zion national park and i don't know if i've ever been more present in my life than i was on that trip and it was fucking beautiful man it was so great um i just yeah. <laughs> but, you know, to go back to that, to the uh, uh, metaphor of the marathon. Yeah. I think that if you seek, you know, better mental health and, you know, if you need, if you need help with, you know, whether it's therapy or medication or both, it really is like a marathon because it takes a while. Yes. It's not like you're going to go. I went through a, to a psychiatrist, maybe, I don't know five, 10 years ago. And it's the kind of psychiatrist where you go in, you talk to them for an hour, you fill out some things and he's like, okay, let's, let's try this medicine. And you yeah. try this medicine for six weeks. And then, you know, you know, like you got to go back and do that. Like I was lucky, which again, going to Chapman, you can see the psychiatrist every day. So those adjustments are being made on an ongoing mm -hmm. basis. Oh, did you sleep? Mm -hmm. Oh, you didn't sleep. Oh, you slept too much. You know, let's let's tweak this a, a little bit. And it took a while to get to the regimen that I'm on right now. Yeah. Where 
again, I sleep normally. I get up normally. I'm very calm, too calm, you know, for, I, I get, I, as I was mentioning earlier, I, I, I've been lately just getting bored with myself. Yeah. You know, I feel yeah. like there's no excitement, but that's because there's no drama. Uh -huh. There's no terrible things happening right. that I have to right. like recover before. There's no my story you got to make up on your way home. Always full of yeah. drama. Yeah. And, it, you know, much of it due to alcohol and drugs, but much of it just due to my own mental state of being agitated. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, and uh, I guess that's a positive then. Well, you were just so, being an asshole. Yeah. Maybe you're just an asshole. Yeah. Well, no, major. <laughs> Mr. Asshole. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. You know, it, um, that, that is kind of a, um, I don't know. It's funny, interesting, but to, to think about when there is no drama, like w what do you do with yourself? You, you know, like the well, idle hands, right? Well, I, I was guess. thinking of, cause I don't know. You mentioned, uh, some time ago, you're like, what am I that guy now? Yeah. What am I that guy? I'm yeah. the guy that, you know, goes home makes dinner, does the dishes, goes to bed. What am I, that guy? Yeah, like, well, I, I am. Sometimes I think like that. Like, Might read a yeah. fictional, uh, historical fiction book, you know, revised history. Uh, right. You know, but it, it is, I don't know, sometimes I, it's just funny being like that, like, I guess, is this what normal is? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Normal is different. Yeah, normal is different, man. It is. How your kids handling everything? Uh, good. You know, my my son, we don't really speak too much about this stuff, but uh my Is dog, he younger or older? He's older. He's, he's older. 23. He's going to okay. be 24 this year. Um, graduated college and he's working. Um, but my daughter has actually, you know, kind of opened up and told me how like how proud she is of what I'm doing mm. and how like impressive it is to see that, like that it can be done, you know, yeah. and that, uh, like she's really made it a point to tell me more than once and that's validation, man. That's really, great. really, really special because, um, I think a part of why I wanted to get cleaned up too is because, you know, I was, I'm seeing some, behaviors in them uh, as well. Uh, uh, uh. And, you know, I can't change the past. Uh, but, you know, if I want them to see an alternative, like I better fucking do it myself too. Well, you know, and, I know and, I'm doing it for myself. I know I'm not doing it. For I understand else, that. But, but, but as a, as a parent, as I get parent, that too. Like, um, you, you'll be, you're there, you're prepared if, if they need you. Yeah. You I know, mean, I want them to know, they know how fucked up I was and they can see how not fucked up i am now and i want them to be able to see that and go oh so so if shit gets out of hand you know uh, i don't know i think it was sean was saying like, if something gets out of hand you know where to go yeah you know? that's what i tell my kids yeah. i'm like look you guys are my, my oldest is going to be 13 in a couple of weeks and they're like look you're going to start you know these are the things that at this age you're slowly going to start encountering and that's cool it's fine. You know, here's some tips. Like if you go to a friend's cousin's house and you end up in the basement, you leave <laughs> a yeah. friend's cousin, always yeah. never a good thing, never good. but you know, like in, in when you do drink or when you do, you know, 
smoke pot or whatever you, you choose to get into. And they're like, well, I'm never going to do that. And we're like, yeah, you are. But when you do and, and like you freak out, you've gone too far, whatever, just always know, always call, always, always call. Like it's, it's okay what you're doing. Yeah. You know, I, I we're just trying to kind of like destigmatize it. Right. Um, but we're also like, you got to be fucking careful because look at the old man. Right. <laughs> like, right. In our family, right. this shit grows on trees. Right. Right. 100%. So, well, man, this has been a lot of fun. Thanks for coming awesome. back. I yeah. really appreciate it. And uh, all right, man. Take care of yourself. Yeah. Good to see you. Good to see you. All right, y'all. That was Fabio. Love that guy. Such a fun free-spirited fella and um i just i can't get the picture of him with skin tight jeans a black tank top leather jacket and long hair with five earrings wandering around the streets of rome in the late 90s and he told me i don't know did we talk about it on mic i'm not sure but uh his son went to uh his son's first concert was an Iron Maiden concert and he was seven years old. I'm like, well, how was it for him? He's like, oh, he lost his hearing. Um, anyway, just love that guy. And again, I just want to say, hey, you know, it's okay. If you feel like you need to go talk to somebody, just do it. It's good. It's nothing to be afraid of. It really isn't. And I feel like more now than ever, it's a lot easier to find somebody to talk to. Okay. If you don't know what to do, you could you could reach out to the show here. You could reach out to me. We have a we me. I'm the only one doing this thing. Uh, I have a an email address, and that is notalltheirpod at gmail.com. Notalltheirpod at gmail.com. Uh, send me a note if you like or not. Doesn't matter. Uh, I hope you're well. I hope you're taking kid care of yourself. I I hope that you are treating yourself nicely. It's important that we treat ourselves nicely. I am challenged in that way some days, but I've been on a string of, of, of being good to myself um, lately. And you know what? It feels pretty fucking good. All right. Again, be kind and loving to others. Be kind and loving to yourself. Give yourself a great big old hug. See you next time. See you. Hear you. Anyway, until next time, take care.